Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplified. How exciting to spend my birthday with two of my birthday twins. I guess one is a day or two off, but uh, we're so excited to have a birthday Amplified. And we are amplifying goodness, inspiring greatness, and delivering hope with this particular program. This has been brought to you by Big Events USA and, of course, the Red Carpet Connection and Keep Smiling Movement. So, Andrea Adams-Miller, how are you doing? Well, I'm super excited to spend this powerful birthday with three amazing men. So how can it get better than this? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't know. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and bring them on quickly. Let's uh, give a little bio of each and bring them on, and we're going to have a bit of a birthday chat. Absolutely. Well, one of our guests is Greg Reed. He's an action-taking phenomenon. Strategy turns into results fast and furious with this man, and the relationships he builds are deep and rich in the space that he orbits. For over 25 years, Greg has inspired hundreds of thousands of people to take personal responsibility to step into the potential of their greatness, and as such, his life of contribution has been recognized by government leaders, a foreign princess, as well as luminaries and education, business, and industry, and as an authority on the subjects of perseverance, success, adaptability, and transforming ideas, and reality, he has published and been published in over 63 books and 28 bestsellers in 45 languages, and I believe that's getting even bigger as we speak. And we also have with us David Corbin. He's a keynote speaker, a business advisor, president of a private and public corporation, or multiple corporations, an inventor, a mentor, and a pretty good guy and an absolute doll. He is referred to as the Robin Williams with an MBA because of his very practical, high-relevant content. His speeches are coupled with entertaining and sometimes side-splitting stories, so he's sure to entertain. He's a foremost psychotherapist with a background in healthcare, and he has served in management and leadership to multiple businesses and organizations, from Fortune 20 companies to businesses with less than a million. He enjoys the challenge of challenges of it all so we love you so much guys welcome david and greg happy birthday to all three of you happy birthday thank you (laughs) (laughs) well greg i feel like i get birthdays several times a year from you because every time you have a, a secret knock event or you have any type of event that you show up at you're always so kind to connect people and i think that's probably one of the best connections is when you're saying, you know, you two need to meet and all this co-creation of abundance and dreams and manifesting happens. So thank you. I wrote you a text the other day thanking you for that. And and you are one of the most important people for changing my life. So thank you. Well, thank you. That's a big statement. And we love having you in our tribe. And Dave Corbin, just for, you know, public awareness here, is Dave is my mentor. You know, it's so cool when you have the mentor to mentors. And Dave is the catalyst that has started so many of our different careers so it's an honor to be on our show. I think Dave and I have only done a few of these in our 15 years of knowing each other, so it's pretty special. Awesome. Very cool. So, da- David, what are you doing today to celebrate your birthday? Well, <laughs> it's really funny. My birthday weekend started already, and 
my gosh, we've been up to the Laguna Arts Festival, something called the Pageant of the Arts, where they actually have human beings dressed in costume. They move around on stage, and then they're up high, and when they stop, there is the painting of, let's say, The Last Supper or Renoir. So we saw that. We had so much fun. We went to an Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks uh, um, seminar where she spoke, and we listened, and we went to the beach. It's just all we're doing is is turning a magnificent life up on a little bit of a higher volume for the birthday, and then we'll turn it back down and come down from the ethers in the sky. But it's just been filled with so much fun and love. And how about you, Greg? I am. It's interesting. Yesterday, yeah, yesterday, yesterday we had a house full of people, so that was pretty cool. And that's pretty much it. Now it's getting back to the, uh, uh, I guess, blueprint of success. This week, for some reason, the day after my birthday, things seem to go in slow. So the week before is kind of like a downtime. It's almost the quiet before the storm. And right now, I'm literally got all guns blazing, getting ready to rock and roll. And I saw you uh, send a picture to me. You got to spend some time with your son on your birthday. How special was that? Oh, absolutely amazing. I mean, just I I tell you, I got one of the coolest little kids. And it's you know, always people told you that you learn more about your kids and you probably teach them. And that is true in our daily experience. And this young man, every single day shows me something that I thought I knew. And he has a little bit of extra on top of it and gives me a little bit of aha. Well, I guess for those fathers, since part of our segment is about being a leader and a, a, a father to your daughter and son, what recently did you learn from him? And then what are one of the things you give as a tip to fathers to help make their kids more successful? Well, I think the biggest challenge is that, especially being a late life dad, I'm 50 years pretty much older than my son. So who am I to broadcast to him what my belief systems are and how I would do things when it's a whole different generation. So when he's playing on his video games and, you know, back in the day we get upset because we're spending so much time on electronics. Well, they just did a Fortnite championship last week and a 16 year old kid won $3 million, which is changing the entire face of our planet where things mm-hmm. are going more and more different technology. And I said, well, when I was a kid, I had a baseball and a football and a BB gun. And someone pulled me aside one time and said, it's just his equipment, meaning that that's his equipment. Like you had your equipment in your day, this is his equipment. And more importantly, if he can learn to use this in today's technology, his future will be even brighter. That's pretty cool. I, uh, I guess, first of all, I always tell my kid, I say, I'm older than you, just to kind of brag a little bit. And uh, <laughs> he has a lemonade stand that he decided to do one one afternoon, made probably 30 or 40 bucks, which is probably more than I made in three months of doing lemonade stands. But he retired, not because he was abundant, but because he was tired of working. So the question I have for you is, what, what did, uh, oh, we'll start with David, actually, in this one. David, what did you do when you were a kid that, uh, that actually got you this entrepreneurial lifestyle or mentality? Yeah, my, uh, <laughs> my career started at about eight years old. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I, you know, go to Little League games and everybody's, you know, lining up to buy sodas and they're spending more, mo- more money for soda than they really should because they had a captive audience. So I got a big old garbage pail. I figured this out. Got a big old new garbage pail uh, that I got my father to buy, by the way. And then I bought a bunch of six packs of the off-brand sodas and a bunch of ice bags of ice and schlepped that sucker over to the Little League game and I sold cans of soda. 
and uh, and that worked pretty good for me. And then in the summer times, while I did that, I'd mow lawns, and I'd get you know two dollars and fifty cents for a lawn and five dollars for a corner house. My father uh, uh, bartered with my dad. I'd mow his lawn for free if I could use his lawn mower for the other things. And then in the winter time, I shoveled snow and got my two dollars and fifty cents and my five dollars for a corner house. And I I'd done good, and I was able to around Christmas Hanukkah time, buy gifts with my own money, much like Colt said, Greg Reed's son Colt said to me yesterday, he said, you see what I bought, see what I got here, Uncle Dave? He said, I bought it with my own money. I didn't have to use my father's money. He said, I could buy anything I want. I swear that's what he said to me yesterday. And that's I was really cool. that kid. I was that kid. I was able to buy whatever I wanted. And I, I, I took control of my own destiny. And I learned that I had to serve. And then I learned how to serve in a nice way. And surprise, surprise, I'm kind of still doing it. Yeah, I want to I never, expand on that one. I want to expand on that one real quick. It's kind of interesting. I, I remember I was doing a radio interview maybe a few months ago, and the person asked me, said, hey, do you give your son money for doing his chores, you know, taking out the trash and doing all this stuff? And, and I said, yeah, and I go, he's going to earn his keep and learn his way. And the, the person said, well, that's a shame. I went, what are you talking about? It says, what happens in today's society is we're training our children. The only way to get paid money is to do something that you dread and you hate. And I went, whoa! Hey. And he goes, and that, you wonder why people work at you know, the, the small end jobs and have to work their way up. And it changed my paradigm. So what I did is I went to him and said, hey, Colt, I'm having a tough time downloading this app on my phone. And he pulled it out of my you know, hand and go, boop, 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 and just do it real quick. He's seven years old. And I go, great, here's 10 bucks. And he goes, what's that for? I go, well, you just did something great. Thank you. And then I realized that on the phone, he had these games. They're like brain, like quiz games. And I said, I tell you what, if you can get to that next level, I go, I'm going to reward you and I'm going to give you 30 bucks. And all of a sudden, he's now grinding away. He's learning. He's using his school, his talents and his, uh, his skills. And he's also being rewarding for what it is. And he's built up his own little nest egg by doing that, by doing things he loves and admires. That's awesome. And do you, is he learning uh, times tables and um, writing? Are you encouraging him to do that as well? Well, it's interesting. The first seven years, my former wife and I had an agreement is that we would not focus on reading, writing, arithmetic, and all that good stuff. We did not focus on IQ. Uh, Dave Corbin was a great uh, purveyor of this. We, we, what we want to do is work on EQ. So we taught our young man how to look someone in the face, how to shake their hand, how to negotiate, how to tell us when he's angry or upset or feelings or what have you. And what's really cool about it is he became a good negotiator. So on the playground, he can get anyone's lunch from him. No problem. <laughs> so the whole <laughs> idea is that I figure if he can learn those people skills, that's what's truly going to get him forward in life. And I guarantee by the time he's eight or nine years old, he'll know how to obviously read and write going to school. So what we want to do is really focus on the EQ before the IQ. And David, you want to expand on that? Yeah, he's a good negotiator because he got 30 bucks for downloading the app. Greg only gave me 20. And so obviously (laughs) Colt's doing a lot better than, than me. Damn, I, I got to study up for that kid, you know? <laughs> you know, I, I also look at, uh, I look at the way, uh, Dr. Howard Gardner at Harvard University had, had written some amazing stuff, and I learned something from him, and he said, don't ask how smart is that kid. Ask how is that kid smart. Mm. Wow. 
what a distinction that was. You know, you see that kid, he's like doing really bad in math class, but he loves basketball. And then you ask him a question about basketball. He could figure out every statistic on basketball without even a pencil and paper. He could figure these statistics out, but he's doing lousy in math. I mean, come on. So if you take almost the Montessori method and follow what is the kid interested in, what do they gravitate towards? And as Greg just said so well, don't diss them for using the, 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 the video games. Go with it. Talk with them about what do you dig about that? What do you look at their skills, their hand, eye, motor, coordination, their ability to think things through, to be strategic, to be able to see around corners and stuff like that. And when you play on that, that's when we start building uh, towards this AI world that we're, I won't get into that just now, but, but that's how we start building. So, you know, I really applaud, honestly, I applaud Greg in front of him and behind his back. Uh, and his ex-wife, Alan, who I, I still know and love dearly, um, as does he. And so I applaud them for the way that they're raising a child. And Ken, you as well, look what you do and how you do with your baby boy. I mean, these are important things, and this is our birthday. And we got to where we are um, because of those who have blessed us in so many different ways, including and especially our early years, our parents and whatnot. I have to think, I have to think, that you men are raising children um, who are going to be, you know, who are going to make differences in this world. And I know that my son <laughs> at 32 years old and my daughter at 39, 40 years old, they're game changers. And I think it's because we didn't just go the traditional parochial way of parenting. Uh, I have to think that's true. I, I agree. And, uh, my birthday gift for my son on <clears throat> his first birthday on Facebook was I created a business page for him and I called a game changer. Facebook uh, backslash K3 game changer. And if you, you know, declare that, you actually cause yourself to be a supportive measure and mentor as well for, for that to happen. I actually paid for him to go to Minecraft camp and it lit him up. And it's so amazing how that 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 game is teaching spatial intelligence. It's it's just teaching so many aspects that are interesting problem solving aspects for the brain. Um, I wanted to ask you, Greg, what is the what are you doing with your son that actually causes him to be a game changer? I believe by treating him like a free range chicken. You know, it's, it, it, rather than putting all these rules and you know obstacles and barriers. We literally feed him more of what he enjoys. Now, look, he does take out the trash. He does do it, make his bed. But those are just contributions. That's the normal part that you do of just being part of a family unit. So we just taught him that that's just our normal. And it's always about giving and sharing and communicating. But the whole bottom line for him is that what we do is let him just go on his own. We watch behind him to make sure he doesn't trip or get hurt. But the reality is, is that whatever feeds him, we feed more of it. So that's it. But I'd like to move to a different topic. I mean, we've been talking about kids for the last 15 minutes. I'd like to talk about some of the cool things coming down the road. Right now, Dave Corbin has a book out, and he just hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller. And I'd love Dave to brag a little bit how that must feel. i got to tell you, it, I, I didn't know how cool it would feel, but it does feel like I got my Oscar or my Emmy or my Academy Award. It just, it feels great that a message, that I don't waste time writing books about stuff that's not important to me. So every book that I've written is the culmination of, of things that interest me, 
that I have called and I have curated and I have shared with others and I've watched for results and I've felled, which is a Yiddish term, which means bubbled up with great pride and joy at the results that my clients and friends have gotten. So how does it feel? It feels great that beyond my initial tribe of people that I touch and speak with directly, I'm reaching many, many others. In this particular case, with the message of be, live in integrity with your brand and your values. So it feels pretty, pretty cool. I only have, I'm 67 years old today. I only have another 70 years left on this earth. So, you know, I want to speed up my influence and this shows me that uh, it's happening. So it feels pretty cool. Thanks. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting. The whole concept of this brand slaughter, uh, I became so aware of it lately. It's kind of like one of these things where, for example, and I'm just using this as an example, if you went to a motivational speaking event and all of a sudden the speaker, you saw him off stage or you know down the hallway and he's yelling at some creditor or something like that and he's screaming and yelling at him and then gets on stage and he's happy, positive and believe in the beauty of your dreams and if there's a disconnect and you're not living that message, it, it, it's in the airways. People smell it, taste it, feel it. And so the whole concept is to constantly live the message in which we are, you know, putting out there. And to me, I think that's been a game changer for me because I made sure uh, rather than me trying to be authentic, I just became authentic, just started being myself. That way I didn't have to worry how I'd be on or off stage. I'm just being me. So thanks for that, Dave. Mm, yeah, it's like, you know, you're not telling a lie that you have to always look over your shoulder. You just, it's who are you being while you're doing what you're doing? Who are you being Absolutely. while you're doing what you're doing? And, and in that consistency, it is more peaceful because you don't have to, you don't have to think about it. So you are the same on stage as off stage as, 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 as everywhere else. <laughs> There's so many funny stories of people who, profess to be one way and then they act another and the one I think of is is you know years ago God rest his soul I loved Zig Ziglar Zig Ziglar was he moved he meant so much to me but he had some lapses as we all do as human beings and one time you know he's talking about love and, and, and success and achievements and being kind and good to everyone and then he didn't know his microphone was on and he was talking to his business manager saying I don't know what's wrong at this uh, seminar here today. These sons of Denver ain't buying squat. They're a bunch of cheap bubble bus. And the microphone was on. Talk about brand slaughter. You know, we've all made mistakes and all, but that was a pretty famous blunder. <laughs> all right. Well, back to kids. We're going to go back to kids for another 30 minutes. Um, just, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so I wanted to actually commend you, Greg, because you gave a gift to the world for everyone to enjoy, and it was Wishman, and I'd like to actually acknowledge you that out of the last, I think, eight interviews that I've had with people, I asked them at the end of the show, a rapid-fire question, what's a movie that inspired you and that you'd recommend to others be inspired? And I think it was four or five out of the eight said Wishman. So you are making quite an impact in the world with this movie. Talk about well, thank how, you very much. Talk about how that actually turned from a conversation into a possibility. Well, I was interviewing Frank Sanklitz, founder of Make-A-Wish, for one of the books I was writing. And at the end of the interview, I said, hey, Frank, by the way, what was your wish? And he says, what do you mean? I said, well, you're the founder of Make-A-Wish. What did you ask for? And he said, no one ever asked me. I says, holy smokes, 
I go, well, what is it that you'd like? I go, whatever it is, I'm, I'll give it to you, whether it's a car or a house. What, what do you want? I'm going to make sure it happens. And he said, I just want my story to be told so my grandkids will know I did something cool. So he signed over his life rights. It took six years, millions of dollars, more trials and tribulations than I can shake a stick at. But now, as you see, it's been released to the wild. And in 30 days from now, it will be live on all the streaming pay-per-view devices worldwide. It'll be DVDs at Walmart, all the big box stores. And it's pretty exciting to see it really come to life. Well, I remember at the uh, premiere, the very first one, Hollywood, that Ken and Carrie Courtright were instrumental in helping make that a more special event. And I want to acknowledge them because they seem like they're always there for you and other people when there's a dream that has to happen. What did you oh my learn? <laughs> oh, my gosh. They, they, were, they were absolute lifesavers. It was so interesting because, you know, people don't know the story behind some of these stories. And one day, not today, but I'll just share one little story. I'm going to share and let the cat out of the bag what Hollywood is really like. But I remember we were on location, and we were running low on money. And, you know, you're making a movie. You're always over budget. And I didn't know what to do. And so I invited my rich friends to come out. I said, hey, I'm making a movie. And they came out. And sure enough, uh, Ken came out on set. And I said, hey, you know what? Why don't we put you in the background? And we put a cowboy hat and put him in the little police station along with Dave Corbin and some of our friends. And at the end of it, I go, hey, it's too bad that this movie probably never be seen. And what do you mean? I go, well, we're out of money. I go, hey, let me help out. So all of a sudden, they were helping write some checks that got us through those weeks so that we could actually make it come to fruition. And it was really, really cool because how many people stepped up to, you know, help us out of their comfort zone was absolutely amazing. Mm. Well, we, we had the opportunity of just interviewing them recently for the Key Smiling book, and we're going to be canning that particular interview for a future show. But they, they really do live in a state of anything is possible, never quit, and always contribute back so you can make a difference. And David, you are part of their uh, recipe of success. So I would love to ask you what it was like when you first met them and how the how you actually evolved from being someone that's just a friend, well, a friend, to someone that's actually an advisor that's causing all this massive abundance and impact? Well, for for me, it's always an honor to work with, with good people. And I can honestly say in my mentoring, I choose very carefully uh, who I work with. So, uh, in fact, I just got off the phone with Ken and rushed him off the phone. He was wishing me birthday greetings and I said, "Well, I'm getting on a jumping on a podcast with uh, with Ken uh, and, and, and 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 Greg and Andrea and, and and he, you know, he said, "We'll send them all my love." That's the kind of a guy uh, that we're talking about. So it's always an honor. I always say, when it comes to mentoring, when it comes to partnering, decide in haste and repent in leisure, <laughs> which is to say, choose carefully. So when Ken came up to me, uh, we were fellow faculty, and uh, he had read my book, Illuminate harnessing the positive power of negative thinking, uh, and he loved it. We were talking, and they had me mentor him there as faculty. And then later on, he said, gee, I'd love for you to mentor me uh, in my life and then eventually to consult in, in the business and work in every aspect of his business. It was, it was really cool to me because I already knew about him. Um, by the fruits you shall know them, I knew his relationships. I knew that his business. So it's always just an honor working with good quality uh, people. And I advise anyone out there who is either a coach or a mentor or, or a business, but a business, uh, an entrepreneur, 
be very careful who you team up with. Make sure you team up with someone who you wouldn't hesitate to invite them over to your house for Sunday dinner. Uh, and yesterday, for example, at Greg's home, I, I, I showed up a little bit late because it was my birthday, too. And there wasn't a person there. There were a few people I hadn't known. They're new good friends. <laughs> these are people who uh, Greg obviously has some business relationships with. But these are people that are called by the qualities of um, the, the same qualities that you'd want in a friendship. So with Carrie Courtright, with Ken Courtright, these are good people. These are people who show up. These are people who will give where they can give. Uh, and where they can give money, they'll give money. Where they can give counsel, they give counsel. And isn't that who we want? And I can honestly say, because I'm on the phone with, with two brothers here, um, that we share in those qualities. And I, I don't want to sound immodest, but I am, you are, uh, individuals who live their values, those values of service and contribution and caring and sharing and love. We're tough where we need to be tough. I call myself a toe of the honey. Okay? Um, and these are the qualities that I look for in people that I mentor. So Ken is just one of many, uh, of many others. And Greg and I are in a men's group, and we have brothers. Um, and, and, um, and these are qualities. And if you were to list out those qualities... Uh, they'd be the same qualities that if you would ask anybody on this podcast, hey, how would you want to be described by others? You're pretty much going to find the same 18 uh, qualities out of any 50 that they put down. And I think that we, um, we share in those. And again, we're not braggadocious. Uh, it's not ego or vanity. It's we've come a long way to be able to overcome our own obstacles of ego and uncertainty and fear and doubt to be able to live and step into those things. So Ken's just one of many, and I'm honored to be on this thing. And as I learn more and more about Andrea, I see that, oh, my goodness, look at that. Look who she is. And there's no surprise that she's in our life. Well, and she's going to be asking a question in a second, but I want to thank you both for being part of the Keep Smiling Movement 100 Book Project that we're sending to some major TV networks, and we chose the people based on who they are off the stage more than who they are on the stage, and that they actually care about inspiring and creating smiles, solving problems, and mentoring. So, Andrea, go ahead and ask your question. Well, thank you very much. So, I... Having met both of you and been able to spend time with you, it's kind of funny how our world's gotten smaller as well as I show up at other events. You guys are at them as well. So we're always at the same place. I want you to share with us the power of community and the networking and the outreach that you've had because you both have touched literally millions of people's lives. So, Greg, you first. Well, you know, we have, I think, all the above that same cliche that we're a reflection you know, the people we hang around the most and our income, attitude, and lifestyle is the average of the group. And I think an extension of that one is, you know, it's not always who you know, but it's who knows you. And one of the things that I think Dave and I and you both do is that we reach out to people on an individual level to see how we can add value to them first. And instead of saying, like, give me, give me, give me, it's always how can I be of contribution you build the rapport and relationship, and from that relationship, amazing things can come, and sometimes you just have a friendship. And we don't, you know, label or we don't have those expectations that we expect to give to get type of thing. And amazing things start coming our direction. You know, when I started interviewing all these amazing people for these books, 
I had no idea that I had to become friends with them. And just like yesterday, this little party in my house is stunning to look around and say, oh, that person you know, started that giant corporation. That person started that corporation. It's just become a normal where your peers ultimately become your friends. And I think that is a spectacular outcome of making sure that you're reaching out across the aisle. Mm, definitely. And you, David? Well, you know, I realize it's all about putting yourself in the path. Putting yourself in the path. Now, look, you know, in El Paso, Texas, and in Dayton, Ohio, some people were in the path of bullets. It was pathetic, and my heart uh, is broken for what has happened in that regard. They didn't intentionally put themselves in the path of, of, of danger. Um, and that, it's, unfortunately, that happens. But what we can do proactively is put ourselves in the path of good things. Put yourself in the path of opportunity of serving others. You know, the reason, Andrea, you and I and Ken and Greg see each other so often is we put ourselves in the path of opportunity, not avaricious, not selfish. We put ourselves in the path of opportunity. We go to these events. We show up. And in that show up, we don't have banners that say, buy from me. We don't have these offers that we're, we show up and magic happens. And so when we show up, we end up meeting people like Barry Shore of Keep Smiling, who sent me a birthday greeting on audio, and you guys might have gotten the same thing with him singing his magnificent uh-huh. song. I look forward to it every year. Right? We show up to meet these people. And when you show up, look at the opportunity to serve. A hundred percent of my mentoring clients come from me simply being there, not saying a word about mentoring, and then I show up as who I am, they show up as to the opportunities that they're looking for, and then magic happens. So I look forward to continuing to see you guys because I know as I see you guys, you're showing up to serve and get opportunity to and from you and, and on and on and on. It's a kind of a cool thing. So, um, yeah, show up, baby. Yeah. And I want, I want to, I want to continue this one and switch gear a little bit because one of the things that, uh, you know, I've been working on this past couple of years, I did a book called wealth made easy and I interviewed all these people worth a hundred million to a billion dollars. And we're all saying the same thing. And I'm changing a little spin on what, Dave's saying because he and I have been really focusing on this and I'll give you an example in the past what would happen is we go to an event and we'd see somebody who wants to sell an airplane and then we'd find someone else who wants to buy an airplane and out of the goodness of our heart we'd put those two together and that's awesome but the wealth mindset does the same thing has the same great outcome but they also see an opportunity for a win-win-win and what that would mean is that now I'll see someone who wants to sell an airplane and say, hey, I don't know anyone that wants to buy one, but if I stumble across them and connect you, can I get a 10% finder fee? They're going to say, absolutely, I really want to get rid of this plane. Then I go to the other person and say, I don't know anyone selling one, but if I find them for you and you make a deal, will you give me airline ticket to Hawaii once a year for my family? They're going to say, absolutely, I've always wanted a plane. And then we connect those two with that type of expectation because it's spoken about. And more importantly, they're, the seller's happy, the buyer's happy, and I'm happy because we put it out there. 
And I think one of the things that people get upset about in today's generation is that they do some of these connections and then they feel left out or they don't want part of that conversation. But it's up to us as grown adults to also throw it out there so that we know where we stand when we're going to the business side of those negotiations. Awesome. You know, I want to switch this over a little bit with actually a story that David shares about showing up. So when you showed up, how did you get the gig with Domino's? I'm Shlomino's. I'm sorry, Shlomino's. And what did you actually share with them that caused them to have a different trajectory? Well, actually, I was speaking for Inc. Magazine, uh, and they were there. And they heard what I was talking about, and they said, hey, um, you know, come on by. It's just like I was speaking at a, a Steve Farber's event, and American Greetings said, hey, I love what you're talking about. Would you, uh, would you do a couple keynotes? So with them, it was kind of fun because uh, the book Illuminate had just come out, which is all about, you know, hey, you can't solve everything that you face, but you can't solve anything unless you face it. And one of the things that they did, that they were beginning to face is that they, they didn't have enough profit in their deal to sustain their business plan because everybody was buying, you know, that little flyer that came in and in the penny saver or something that came across their desktop on their computer and they just weren't. So I just reminded, I said, let's, let's, let's face, follow and fix it. Those are three categories of the, or three steps in the illuminate, very simple illuminate model. Face it, follow it, and fix it. What are you not facing? Face it. Follow it. What's causing it? What's causing it in the past and what's going to happen in the future if you know if you follow it into the future and then fix it. And one of the things we realized is that they thought that they were in the <laughs> they thought they were in the fast food business and they weren't. You see, seventy percent of Americans didn't know what they're having for dinner by four thirty. So they really weren't in the fast food business. They were in the crisis intervention business. And we just changed the mindset so when people called up they knew they were in crisis intervention, and instead of saying, well, what do you want, they'd say, oh, oh, no problem. You ought to get the blah, 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 that'll take. And they'd go, oh, my God, that's incredible, that's great. So all we did was wake them up to that which they weren't facing, help them to follow what's causing it, what happens in the future if they don't mitigate it, and then what could, might, should, ought the fixes be. And when you focus in on what the fixes could be, it's so very simple, and I invite everyone who's listening to this podcast and wherever I am is ask yourself, what are the things that are limiting steps towards your going to, to, your, to the desired effect in your life and your business, etc.? List them out, face them, put your nose and your eyes right towards them, follow them. Well, what might be causing it? What happens if we don't? And then get to work on fixing. When you put it out on paper, much like a goal psycho-cybernetically, you're sending out the energy out to others and inside to yourself to stay aware of those things, and you never push them under the carpet. And so that's what I did for that other company, that one that rhymes with Schmaminos and the healthcare <laughs> company that rhymes with Schmeiser Permanente and stuff like that. And, and that's it. And, and that's all good and interesting, but what can you do? What can we do in our own lives? And that's where the rubber meets the road. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Andre, did you have another question? Oh, um, yeah, always. Um, <laughs> so, uh, all right. So I wanted to bring uh, women into this since I'm the only woman here. <laughs> if you guys would uh, you know, talk about how you guys have noticed as leaders, how you've affected the women that are your fans and followers. 
Well, I'll Great. start with that one. I, I, I realize, you know, over the years, again, going back to my former wife, Alan, just unbelievably amazing human being. And she kept spotlighting, saying, you know, we got to stop labeling ourselves. You know, we're not gay, we're not white, we're not thing. We're just people, right? And so we started seeing not just a movement, but just people stepping into who they really are, their power. And so Secret Knock, we realized for our big event, which is Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur's Top Business Event, it was becoming a good old boys club in its own way because it was ran by dudes. And so my right-hand person, Shannon Parsons, uh, stepped up, and we decided to do the first ever coming up in November. Uh, it's going to be Secret Knock Women. And what that is going to be, it's going to be an all-female event where they can come together and share their experience, strengths, hopes, desires in a very positive solution-searching way. And instead of man-bashing and talking about their challenges of, you know, being a woman, they're going to be talking about the hopes and potentials they can as a human being of growing their business and doing it with the fellowship of other women. And it's going to be pretty exciting to see what comes from this. But I have a feeling this might become the new norm of Secret Knock. That's killer. I, I'm actually attending that. I've been working with or talking with Shannon about it. So it sounds super exciting. So um, thank you for sharing that with everybody because it's going to be a lot of fun. And then, David, did you want to talk about your influence on women as well? Well, I happen to – my favorite animal in the whole world is the is the female human. Um, <laughs> I love women. Uh, I'm actually negotiating real hard to be able to attend the um, – the uh, the uh, secret knock uh, for women. Uh, <laughs> not I, I, I want totally want to be there. I might very well be because they love me and I love them and they know me and they feel me and and whatnot. So uh, that could happen. You never know. Don't say never say never. Um, I don't believe in women's empowerment. Uh, I know that might sound controversial. Don't be mad at me, but I don't believe in women's empowerment. Um, I believe women are empowered. I believe women are powerful. I believe in acknowledging, facing, following, and fixing the obstacles that we have put as a society up for women to be able to do that and be their power. I'm not going to empower somebody. The power is already within. Oh, my God, the power is within. I say, let's get rid of some of those obstacles. So um, the feminization of what's going on right now in business is radical. Why? It's women who are not accepting any limitations and not accepting limitations are exposing those limitations. They're stepping into their strength and they're bringing the, 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 the authenticity, the vulnerability and the powerful strength that is feminine energy and that has always been feminine energy. The feminine warrior has always, since the recorded history of person kind, been there. So I'm so excited about what's happening right now as I see women leaders emerge in their true feminine self. I'm not talking about women who put on a suit and imitate men. No, 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 no. I'm talking about women who step into their femininity. They express their femininity and they're doing an, and they're doing an incredible job all across industry and across politics on this great planet of ours. I was just at the, on the general assembly, floor of the General Assembly of the, of the United Nations where Greg had received an award a few years back. I now go every year. And the powerful women there... Uh, are making changes on this planet. So uh, I'm all about that. And damn it, I really want to be at Secret Knock for Women, and I want to remind them of that message as well. Empowering women, I think, is demeaning. I say we don't let no. You don't need empowerment. 
you need to express and, and, and expose that amazing power that exists within. That's all I have to say about that. That's Bravo, great, Dave. Awesome, buddy. Yeah, thank you. And we're going to actually shift thank because you. this is a birthday celebration. We're going to shift to actually digging deeper to the celebration of your lives and sharing what caused your life to be so enriched. So we call it rapid fire. And the reason it's rapid fire is we ask quick questions for quick answers. And I will start <clears throat> with my first question. Well, we start with David and then go to Greg. So David, you can uh, give a book or two that changed your life. Wow. Okay. So um, I would say, I, I, I know it's not everybody say the same thing. Think and grow rich. It, it continues to be uh, and always will be in that regard. And then a wonderful book uh, that I just read called AI Superpowers by Kai-Fu Lee, all about power of artificial intelligence. It is a must read right now. Must, must, must read. And who does that? Who's the author? Uh, the, the author is Kai-Fu Lee, L-E-E, Kai-Fu Lee. Thank you. Greg? I would say The Ultimate Gift by Jim Stovall is my favorite ultimate book of all time. So when it comes down to great reads that inspire the power of mentorship at its finest, Jim Stovall captured it immediately. So that is my final answer. Okay, and, and that is your final answer, but part B to that is you've written so many books. What's the book you love to give to people the most that will change their life? Stickability? Well, I give out my own books as well as I give out other people's, you know, books. But the one right now I'm just sharing, quite frankly, is this Wealth Made Easy. It's been the biggest game changer that I've ever been part of, quite frankly, in my personal life. I've done more famous books and I've done more popular books. But my favorite personal book that I've ever been part of would be Wealth Made Easy. Because by sitting down with these people that literally created a life of sustained abundance for themselves financially and gave them the freedom so they could live the life that they wanted. I started following their actions and duplicated it for myself. And I've had more financial successes last year than my entire, all my years put together. So it's been, it's been pretty amazing. And I want to say to the people listening to this podcast that if you don't get that book, that is the best investment of $20 because you just get access to who you need to follow to have, to pick the five that you actually want to emulate. So, no-brainer. And it is a great book, Greg. I love reading it. Thank you. All right, Andrea? Um, yeah, Leo Hefner, he's um, quoted in it, and he, um, he's been quite proud, and we've shared that with the book with multiple people here on the air multiple times, Greg. You get mentioned quite frequently. I don't know if you know that, but you do. Uh, we are so thankful for the people you bring to us. So my question, um, actually, it was funny that David used the words, I often like to know, what is your superhuman power that you would love to have if you had a magic one? And David? Well, I already have it, <laughs> so... I, uh, I already have it. And, well, and that's the ability to that, 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 that superpower is the power to um, to um, love and be loved. That's that's amazing. It doesn't require a cape or a wand. Yeah, I'm going to go with teleport. Tele say the word for me, Corbin. Teleportation. teleportation. That's it. Yeah, because I love to travel, and yet I hate the ride. So that would be, I, I mean, going to India and Africa and all around the world is absolutely amazing, but sitting in those plane rides and airports is not a big fan. So if I had a superpower, I'd be able to transport myself anywhere so I could be there on the spot. And just so you know, because it's my birthday, I actually want to interject that my 
my thing I want is to be able to pronounce that word. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> all right. Since uh, Wishman was mentioned earlier, we all know that we love that movie. We'll start with David. What's a movie or two that inspired your life or that you recommend to inspire others? Well, they're very cool movie, uh, very obscure. There's two of them, actually. One is A Thousand Clowns with Jason Robards. Yes. A wonderful story where, you know, there's a, a grown-up who actually acts like a child who loves life and doesn't let anything get in the way. He just let, there's A Thousand Clowns by Jason Robards. And there's another movie, an obscure movie by Woody Allen called Zelig, Z-E-L-I-G. Mm-hmm. Amazing comedian. <laughs> man. And he, he becomes the person who he is speaking with. And I love that because it's massive empathy, and I believe that in pacing, matching, and mirroring, and most importantly, doing that with love, we can relate from a peer-to-peer networking with another human being and to be able to connect, relate, love, and be loved. And Greg? You know, I like a lot of the weird, crazy classics, so... I, you know, I I love uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's so hilarious. <laughs> that is a great one. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah, it's like one of those classics. Every time it comes on, the old Pink Panther movies, things like that. So I'm a big fan of those funny kind of, uh, you know, those, those ty- types of films. And then the inspirational ones, the Rudys and the Rockies and things of that nature like the pursuit of happiness are uh, the ones that I probably go to when I need a little bit of boom shakalaki inspiration well since it's my birthday I'm going to answer the question too because I don't think I've ever answered this question and it is Goodwill Hunting and Shawshank Redemption which seems to be 30% of our guests picked that one but it is something I've watched so many times to be inspired and Andreas surprise for you what is the movie you that inspires you oh um is it called Conga um, with uh, Anthony Hopkins and um, Cuba Gooding? And um, 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 remember, oh, shoot, a time to remember. Remember a time. It's a movie about flashing back in time. Isn't that funny how I can't remember either name of the title <laughs> of the names? But I can describe them to you really well. They just um, are really fascinating, beautiful movies. So thank you for asking. I, I love it when people <laughs> say, I saw the greatest movie. I don't remember the title. I don't remember their- who was in it, but man, it was amazing. I'd love to recommend it to you. <laughs> well, I, uh, I usually don't uh, refer to the movie unless I've looked it up first. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, your, your turn. Go ahead, and, go ahead and ask your next question. <laughs> so uh, um, I believe it's called Instinct was the name of the movie with Anthony Hopkins, I think. And uh, my question is, what song gets you going, you know, motivates you, David? Oh, I, I, t- I listen. When I run, uh, which is every other day or so, uh, I listen to Don't Stop the Party. Uh, I love that song. Don't Stop the Pitbull? Party. Pitbull? Pitbull, baby. Yeah. Pitbull. Don't yeah, Stop baby. the Party. Cause, you know, because <laughs> my party's been lasting a long time, and I just I don't want it to end. It's like, I don't know about you guys, but my phone is blowing up with, you know, all the messages, the birthday messages, right? Are you guys doing that? Well, you guys are I'm like actually forwarding them to you. I'm forwarding forward right. all to you, David. So that's why they're blowing up so much. <laughs> it's so funny because it's coming through. Don't stop the party. It's like every day, make it your birthday, you know, and enjoy it and love it. Like I'm sitting here. I'm so sorry we're not on FaceTime because, you know, I'm sitting here in my birthday suit. I'm thinking, you know, I could do You know, I'm with that. All right. Anyway, so Greg. that's my song. What's your song, Greg? I like High Hopes 
right now by Panic at the Disco. I think it's a great that is fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, I think that's 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 my, my that's my go to uh, classic right now. You know, Greg, I actually grew to love that song more because my son said that's a good song. Play it, you know. So I play it all the time for him. That's well, cool. That's, that's all right, mine too. And that's so interesting. And he kept playing. He put it on repeat, and I kept going, sort of listening to the words. I went, "What a great friggin' song!" It's just inspirational. That and, uh, I got. I got another one. I got to jump on you. I got to jump on your tongue there for a second, Ken. The song, the the song from the Muppets, "Rainbow Connection" with Kermit the Frog oh, singing it. Shoot. Yeah, Killer. now Rainbow this, this. Connection. Exactly. Now I was just at a gig the other day up in Laguna Beach, and there was a band there, and they did like a ska rock version of it. Boom, 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 boom. Rainbow Connection. It was like boom and hitting and hitting and hitting. It was so cool. People didn't even realize it was Rainbow Connection, but when you know the lyrics and you know Kermit the Frog, it was just so cool. So if you get a chance, check out the Rainbow Connection in this sort of a crazy ska happening uh, rendition. Totally cool. Well, we need to get the link so we can actually <laughs> forward this out. And Jim Henson was the, the singer. Was that right or not? I don't know if he sang on the original one. I always knew that I, will, I wanted to walk my daughter down the aisle to that song. Well, it's beautiful. That's for sure. I mean, who knew that Kermit had that kind of voice? I mean, he's got some pipes. <laughs> well, he certainly did. And so did Miss right. who had a... Anyway. Um, by All the right. way, it was Jim Henson who sang it in the film. That is I correct. Thought so. I thought mm-hmm. so. All right. So, Thank you, fact checker. <laughs> All right, let's go to you, David. Uh, a quote that you live by. Oh man, you know one. Okay, one is um, uh, anything you could. You could well, no, no, I'm not going to go with that. I'm going to say. I'm going to say number one is be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I, I dig that quote a lot. I dig that. Uh, you know, Kermit would dig that. Greg. Hey, Kermit would dig that, but Kermit would also dig the second one, which I think is important. Which no, is, go ahead and say um, the second one. Say the second one. Are you sure? Yes. Anything you could vividly imagine, ardently desire, and enthusiastically act upon must inevitably come to pass. That That's beautiful, David. I, you know what? I, the one I thought you were going to do? Because you're either green and growing. I thought that was the Kermit one. Uh, well, that comes from Kermit, of course. Of course. You want to say that one? Well, you're either green and growing or ripe <laughs> and rotting, but you're never standing still. Exactly. And yeah. Kermit would sing that song if he was still here. God bless him. Greg. <laughs> God bless him. Greg? Yeah, so, yeah, my Abe Lincoln people are as happy as they make up their minds to be. And then a Greg Reed original quote. Uh, this is real simple, is that I'm so good, even I want to be me. Meaning that I feel so good <laughs> that so many people want to be someone else. And I find that interesting. Someone wants to be, you know, a celebrity or they want to be somebody they see in the news when people aren't owning their own greatness. So for myself, I decided to start changing that years ago, saying, like, I feel so good, you know, even I want to be me. And so that's where I stand. And I'm going to acknowledge you on the air for something that I meant to say earlier, which is you are the king of actually 
ADD momentum, like when something needs to shift and you need to make it more interesting, <laughs> you cause it to shift. And I love that about you, Greg. You're, you're really good at that. Well, thank you very much. Squirrel. <laughs> All right, Andrea. <laughs> Um, I did want to say the movie is Somewhere in Time with Jane Seymour and Christopher Reeve for me. And, Greg, the, the, the quote you just had would be an excellent song, just, uh, just saying. Guys, I would like to know what word you hear when people compliment you. What's the word that you hear the most? David? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the word kind I'll stay with that. It's simple. Um, it touches me deeply. Great. Generous. Because I think uh, Dave, yourself, myself, Andrea, we're generous with our time, our connections, and the resources. Where I think, you know, past generations were all about having something and holding on to it. And today's generation, I think it all flows through us. And I think that's one of the greatest gifts that we can give mankind is, look, if I learn a valuable lesson, I want to pass it on. If I got a great connection, I want to share it with somebody else. And I think that's what makes us a little bit different. Pass it All on. Right. That's, a good that's a good title for a movie. Pass it on. Amen. Think about that. All right. We're running down to the last minute or two. So, David, since it's birthday time for all of us, what is the best gift you ever received? <laughs> in my whole life with this birthday in my whole, my whole life um, yeah. the best gift I've ever received um, uh, came from this guy named God and um, it's uh, the gift of self self-awareness self-love and if you'd like to give a shout out right now to someone that you love that you want to thank for the gift that you have in your life well uh, I almost tear up when I think about it uh, and that would be uh, my beloved wife, Anne, who you've met, who um, um, blesses me daily with with smiles and love and kindness and hugs. And, cool. Yeah. Uh, Anne Smith. Greg, um, sorry to say we're down to a minute, so your, your turn. Well, mine's real simple. Tonino Lamborghini came to a Secret Knock event a year ago or so, and he gave me a watch. And we couldn't figure out how to make it work because it was so brand new and innovative. So we took off his personal one with his birthday engraved and gave it to me. So I've got Lamborghini's personal watch, and I wear it with pride. Awesome. Well, I couldn't ask for a better birthday gift than to have Andrea bring you, both of you guys, David and Greg, on the show. You guys have been amplified, but you guys amplify the world. And thank you so much and the honor of allowing me to be part of your lives. Thank you. Happy birthday. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.